I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Five Times Podcast. To see a legend near you, check out the events page on our website, fivetimes.co.uk. Big welcome to the Five Times Podcast. Hope you all had a, a Merry Christmas. It was a massive result. Of course, against Stoke on the 27th, which we all enjoyed. We'll get into that in a second, just to point you towards a load of new events that have been announced on the Five Times events page. Dublin, Belfast, Glasgow, all in the next few weeks to look out for. Steve Nicholl, he's on the road with us. Luis Garcia, John Barnes, Johnny Aldridge, plenty of others too. So look out for that. Loads happening, of course, in 2017. Check it out. And with so much riding on this game... Where a title challenge is concerned, we have the man who lifted the last league title with the Reds. Steve McMahon joins us, who captained the team the night they were presented with the first division championship. John Aldridge joins us too. We talk about the victory over Stoke and the potential defining time for Daniel Sturridge in the next few weeks and what part he will play. David Thompson, my old Wigan teammate, of course, and former Liverpool player, joins us. He talks about potential new players in the January transfer window. We talk about the links with Oxlade-Chamberlain and Joe Hart as well, and a potential new goalkeeping. And we also talk to special guest Champions League winner back in 2005, Jimmy Traore. I haven't heard from him for a while. It was great to speak to him and what he's up to over in America with Seattle Sounders as a coach now, but... We listen to some of his stories and he tells us about that famous night in Istanbul, of course. So plenty to get stuck into. Let's get started. To hear previous podcasts, check outs and rate our page on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Simple as that. Oh, it's an awful back pass and Sturridge is onto it and Sturridge scores in next to no time. Easy game, this. Although you were there on, on Tuesday night for that victory against Stoke, I saw you on the TV gantry up there, it was absolutely freezing, but it was uh, it was a great result, wasn't it? It was. You know, we, we really didn't get to grips with the game as, as we normally do. The, I think Stoke took us a little bit by surprise the way they played. You know, we expect them to come and get men behind the ball and, and hit Crouchy and then, then get forward. But, you know, they, they, they left the Walters up top as well and, and Joe Allen was, was quite far up as well. And, and they play the same way. And the, the game plan, to be fair to them, it went well for, for, for just over half an hour. Caused us problems, you know, and left the game a little bit wide open. Uh, so to come back from 1-0, and, and it, it could have been 2-0 only for um, Simon Mignola, you know, it was, it was a good show of strength. Yeah, you mentioned that, a good show of strength. I mean, Stoke started the game well, as you said. They got the goal, but but how good was it that Liverpool completely nullified Stoke to the fact where, you know, even the long board didn't have any kind of impact once we got ourselves in front that second goal just before half-time and felt comfortable second half? Yeah, yeah, I think they put so much energy into the, the first half. You could see they were going to run out of steam. You know, with all due respect to the players, some of the, the players aren't the fittest. I mean that in a nice way, but... But it was always going to catch up with them, you know. And uh, you know, it, it was relieved to get two one in front. I thought once we'd done that, I thought we'd see the game out second half. I knew we'd get more chances. Um, the, the way they, obviously they, they'd run out the legs, 
uh, and the game would open up a little bit more because they'd have to get forward, and and it, and it did. And it, it was great the, the fact that we could just see the last fifteen minutes out. They didn't exert themselves; they played within themselves, you know, and and, and saved themselves from Man City to a certain degree. Four goals again at Anfield. Four different scorers. Okay, Stoke chipped in with an own goal, but they've been shared about constantly, and there's no other reliance on one player. And again, you know, we're scoring goals and entertaining. Yeah, well, if I was a man, he'd claim that one to be quite honest. You know, he's uh, he's close enough for me to, to get it. You know, he don't want to have an own goal doubt, Chuck. No. But, but yeah, you know, it's good. You know, when, when we had Suarez, we had a super team. You know. Um, but we, we, you know, we, we had to depend on them at certain times. Now you've got four players, you know, popping up with, 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 with goals that you know you need a, a specific time of the game, and it's not many teams have got that. You know, you know, you look at Chelsea, you know, who they got, and, and, and City, you know, Aguero and, and Cohen, you know, and United Ibrahimovic, you know, largely dependent on one or two players, but. We've got four, you know, that, well, five really when Coutinho comes back that are chipping and storage. It's, you know, it's, it's great for the manager. You mentioned there Daniel Storage being one of them. 56 seconds from when he came on to score. I think it was his first touch to go around the goalkeeper and finish it. But I mean, although you, you know, you've scored loads of goals, but he made it look easy. Mm. But it was far from easy, wasn't it, that finish? Absolutely. You know, though, though he's, just, he's only just got warmed up. He's not had a kick of the ball. You know, and he, get, he, he he sniffed it out really well. He, he seen the, the the defender Showcross was blinded to what the back pass was, and he, he like hid behind a player a little bit. It was canny. It was like foxy type of thing. And and then and as soon as the ball went, he knew he was in. And his touches were so delicate, so sweet, and it was it was a, it was a great goal. You know, and you're right, and you'll be a lot of players might have just just come on the on the, on the pitch froze a little bit and gave this goalkeeper an opportunity, but he just went past him like he wasn't there. It was brilliant. Well, he's having a big impact from the bench. He came on against Everton, had a big part in the winning goal for Mane. Uh, OK, he, you know, he didn't have a great impact, the result against Stokey's goal, but he's coming on and having an effect on the game. When do you think he'll be ready to, to start again? We've got City next, then we've got a game so quickly against Sunderland. Do you think more likely it'll be Sunderland that he'll start that one? Yeah. I th- I, the manager, he's got plans, you know, he... You know, keeps on putting in people's heads about you know the, the, these two games. I think you've got to try and forget about that. Just take the City game, then on you go. But I can see him starting the Sunderland game. You know, fresh legs. You know, I, I think that the manager will stick by the team uh, against City that started the last few games. Um, but Sunderland, he, he might introduce a couple of three players differently to just re- re- rejuvenate the team. You know, fresh legs. Um, I will have to wait and see, but I, I think you're starting against uh, the Sunderland. You, we, we've got to try and keep him fit, keep him right. He's so important to the squad. You know, he starts some games. If he starts getting to the team, you know, scoring goals, then as as a rig he's done, you can't keep them out. Let's talk about City. That's coming up next. Massive game. We're second, they're third. Chelsea flying at the moment, but it is a huge game. How much of an impact do you think this game being at Anfield will have? I mean, Pep Guardiola has come over from from obviously Germany and Bayern Munich, but this is, these are the games which for me will be an eye opener for him. This is what the Premier League's all about. That atmosphere which we'll create at Anfield. To be honest, whether it's at City or Liverpool, it doesn't bother me now. Different way we go away from home, and, and sometimes it suits us. Um, I think with City, you know, we've just got to play our, our, our normal game as we will. But just make sure we're clued up at the back. You know, with Aguero, he, he will get a couple of three chances in the game. You know, he makes him himself. He, he, he's just he's just a special player. 
hopefully he's gone a little bit rusty, you know, you know, over the Christmas uh, and he's had one or two more mince pies than most, but he, he's a top player. You know, and you really, really just got to, uh, as defend, the defenders go, you've got to be clued up right throughout and, you know, wholly concentrated, you know, because, you know, one little slip and he's in. You know, he, he is. And, and when he gets half a chance, we know where the ball invariably ends up in the back of the net. So, so yeah, I think I'll, I'll go along. We can keep him quiet. Obviously, De Bruyne is, 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 is a top player as well. And, and, and Silva in, in and around. They're very similar to what we've got. You know, um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, it really is going to be, a, I think it'll be a, a, a fantastic thing. I think we're expecting both teams to score. Hopefully, we'll score more than them. But the way so, Guardiola, yeah. s- the way the Guardiola sets himself up, he likes the teams to play out from the back. The way we press, surely that would play into our hands. Yeah, you know, he, he, will he will he change? Will he change his way to to, to what we're doing? I've seen City all, all, all the you know season under him. But every game, they just played the City way. They've not really looked at the opposition, say, well, we'll stop them there, we'll do that, we'll do that. We'll just play. And that's what he's always done with Barcelona and Bayern Munich and such. Whether he he, he does something because Liverpool, well, it'll be, be very interesting to see, but I can't see him changing his philosophy. It's just the way he is. I think he'll just go toe-to-toe with us. It's a big game. We're second there, third. We've mentioned that Chelsea are absolutely flying. What is it, 12 games, 13 games, something like that? They've won on the bounce. How are they yeah. going to get stopped? Because Costa didn't yeah. even play, Kante didn't play the other day, and they're still getting the three points. Yeah, yeah, and obviously they've got Stoke, so that, I, I think that's, that's a gimme. You know, watch Stoke, and, you know, nothing's going to happen, but I think that'll gimme. So, you know, to just add, you know, more pressure, but just keep on the sails. Don't panic. You know, it's, it's only halfway through the season. You know, they had a, a, a real bad um, August, September before they came good. You know, and, and there's no no reason why that might happen, might happen again. You know, a couple of injuries, suspensions, the squad gets stretched a little bit, you know, and, and, and they get a couple of defeats. Things can change in football, and they've got to believe that and just keep on the tails. Hope so. Right, to finish with, Aldo, I want to get your yeah. your highlight of 2016. It's coming to an end. We, you know, it's, it's been a decent year. You know, we've, we've, we've had a good season so far, but even back end of last season was decent. Any highlights that stand out to you? So many. There was so many, but knocking Manchester United out of Europe the first time we played them in Europe was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, you know, the casino goal. The, 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 obviously, Liverpool... Uh, the the home game against them, you know, we, we only for the game it could have been five 0 you know that was we were superb that night and the Old Trafford held on there, it was such a big big game for me, you know, first time these two teams have met in European football, and uh, and we came out on top convincingly, so that was brilliant for me. Yeah, Dortmund was special as well, obviously, but I put my United before that. Brilliant, love it. Well, it was it was a nice one to experience, wasn't it? The Dortmund as well. Aldo, thanks for joining us, uh, 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 and uh, we wish you all the best for uh, for New Year. All right, all right, Mel's all the best. Pal. Top man, Aldo. Cheers. Coming soon to a city near you, the Liverpool Legends. For more information and ticket prices, check out our websites fivetimes.co.uk As we review this intriguing battle between Liverpool and Manchester City, let's get to a man who won three league titles with the Reds before leaving to turn sky blue with City at Main Road. Delighted to say joining us on the Five Times podcast is Steve McMahon, who joins us. Brilliant to have you on. Before we get on to your two former teams, what's keeping you busy these days? And you're out in Malaysia, aren't you? 
Oh, lots, mate. I've got lots of things going on. I'm working for TV Premier League over here and then, um, in Malaysia. I live in Malaysia now. I was in Singapore for 11 years. I'm now in Malaysia doing Astro. Um, so I'm doing, I've been doing that for the past uh, 12 months or so. So I do all the live games. So I watch every game, every Premier League game. It's a bit like Sky. In fact, we represent the Premier League, obviously, because uh, Astro pays for the, for the rights. So we do a full show around it, a bit like Sky did, pre-show, uh, half-time, post-shows, and we do sex-shows during the week. So um, still very much alive and kicking, and I've got some other ventures that, that we're doing, you know, million-dollar feet and trying to search out for a, a superstar, a young superstar in, in Malaysia, this part of the world. So I'm, I'm very much hands-on on that with coaching. So, so everything's going well. An intriguing battle, not just on the pitch, but also... On the touchline, of course, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola so much made of great managers, had great success previously, and I'm sure that'll be a big battle, of course, on the touchline as well. Well, we had this conversation before the season started, and Conte has added to it as well. Uh, in the mix, Mourinho, um, Klopp, now Guardiola, Koeman at everything. So I think it's been more about managers this year than actually players, hasn't it? And maybe to, to the guys that haven't learned about defending you know, situations yet as well. Because all they want to do is score goals. Both teams are ridiculous. I mean, fantastic to watch. I love watching both of them. Um, but there's somewhere along the line, someone has to be responsible and, and stop conceding goals, you know? Pep was there, hiding in the stands at Anfield, of course, against Stoke with his little hat on. What do you think you'd have learned from that? Um, he'd have probably been frightened a little bit. Because Liverpool, again, from the off, were magnificent. So I'd, I'd have thought he'd have best probably been staying at home and not even watching again. Six points behind Chelsea, similar goal difference. But we opened up a four-point gap to City, who are just behind us in third place. Is it seen as a must-win game, this? Um, well, you'd like to think so. Wow, Chelsea on this fantastic run. Um, not playing fa- fabulous football at times. They've been two or three occasions where they've been brilliant. But on six or seven occasions, they haven't. They've just, just won games. And, and Liverpool have been brilliant, playing expansive football. But then the likes of Burnley and, and, and Bournemouth and West Ham, they can't quite get over the line where if they'd have actually got the full maximum uh, points out of their games, they'd have been sitting top now. Which is, you know, you look back and get that customer doing this. Is not that I really don't know. Mane, who's been a big player for us, of course, since arriving from Southampton. He goes away with the African Cup of Nations. He's got two games left, City and Sunderland. Then he goes away. How much of a big miss will he be? No, oh, massive. He's been top, top quality. But I haven't said that Courtney has been out for, for quite a while. His scourge can, can be fit. Um, he's given him a big part over the last few weeks. Um, and maybe, just maybe, they can get away with it. I don't know, but he has been a fabulous, fantastic sign earlier. So hopefully Coutinho comes back, fills a void, and, and actually makes the pool a little bit better. And Ken Sturridge then step up to the plate. So there's lots of uh, if, ifs and buts, you know. In TV punditry, Steve, you have your eye on the on the world game. Do you worry about the impact China could have? Rumours of Sanchez, who's flying in the Premier League at Arsenal, being the next big target, and we're seeing a few other players, certainly in the prime, going over there to China, aren't we? Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't know where it ends. It's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it's 200000 £250,000 a week, not good enough anymore. 
I mean, I'm sure people can live on 250,000 pound a week and play in the top league in the world. This is the Premier League. And sometimes I'd like players to come out and say, listen, I'm going for the money. I'm not going for the experience. I'm not going uh, to to try and better myself in any way. I'm just actually going for the money. But players are not saying that. Um, which is totally ridiculous. Because um, the Premier League is the best league in the world. This is an unusual situation for us, though. By and large, it won't really be much of a fixture pile-up with no European football, of course, and it'll be going game to game. Will that be an advantage, do you think? I agree. I agree. And, and, and there's other teams, and quite right, are juggling the balls a little bit, you know. Um, Arsenal, Tottenham have done that now. They're going to be playing uh, Europa, Chelsea. Uh, obviously, they've got no, uh, uh, no, no uh, European game. So, yes, you're right. Chelsea, Liverpool, especially them too, have got to make the most of, of what's going on. Back to back to you then, Steve. You're one of the more interesting footballing stories, not least because at your boyhood Blues, you played over 100 times for them and then you ended up at Liverpool, of course. But you could have joined Liverpool a little bit earlier, couldn't you? Um, it was Kenny who rang me and I thought that someone uh, taking a mickey, to be fair. Um, when someone rings you and, and, and mentions about, would you, would you like to join then? Obviously, um, it was a chance because I could have joined straight from, from Everton when I left Everton. I had an opportunity to, to join Liverpool and the Bob Paisley. Uh, so I would have been Bob Paisley's last signing, but as it happened, I, I ended up being Kenny Dalglish's first signing. So it was it was a bit strange. But, and, uh, you know, you, you never, <clears throat> never get a second chance. I never say so. When it, when it came out to that, I, I didn't hesitate, you know. Kenny's first signing, what was he like to play for? Well, we did. There was lots of respect. I mean, great players in and around, and everyone says about managers and stuff, which is quite right. But players make make the managers and, and, and win titles. But Kenny is actually playing manager as well, and I actually played for <clears throat> for Everton um, with Howard Ken, sadly, uh, as player manager as well. So the, the, there was a lot of synergy between both. I was captain of Everton, player manager under Howard Kendall and Captain Liverpool, player manager under, under Kenny. So there's a lot of things that have gone on over, over, over a period of time, you know. Am I right in thinking before you joined Liverpool, United wanted, wanted you also? Yes, he did. So I have great pleasure in, in, in rejecting Manchester, I did have, rejecting Manchester United. It was a big rocket at the time. And um, yeah, I said no to Manchester United because I felt that I needed to be uh, back on Merseyside and, and, and obviously Liverpool with a team that I went to in uh, in preference to Manchester United. Yes, it's true. So much magic around you in that those great sides which won the first division championships: Ronnie Whelan, Ray Halton, Peter Beardsley, John Barnes, John Aldridge, Ian Rush. So many great names, all complementing each other. What was the the secret around that? Fantastic team, both um, on and off the pitch. And I think it was important to, to, to have that relationship both off the pitch as well with players. Um, we all respected each other. And sometimes you never got on 100%, but respect was always there. And we had a magnificent team. And down to your, your Craig Johnson, as you say, you're on your own, you're on I mean, what a team, you know? It, it, it evolved all, all over four, five, six, seven seasons. And it's just a shame that we, we weren't in uh, 
the European Cup as it was then, the Champions League, because I do believe Liverpool would have won more than five Champions Leagues now, or European Cups. Which one of the three titles that you won was your favourite? Um, difficult, you know, you always say the last is your best, because uh, you never know when you're going to win it again. And, and sadly, uh, Liverpool have won it since, that was 1991, um, or 1990, and, and I was captain on the day we actually lifted the trophy. So I've got to say that the last one, because it's been so long since Liverpool, and I never dreamt that Liverpool would um, would have been in this position. You were trying to win back the glory days and win, in the, win the league again. So, quite remarkable, really. Christmas, New Year, tough time for players. Tougher still, perhaps, when you join a new club. According to the history books, you left Liverpool on Christmas Eve. Is that right? Correct. I signed, um, yeah, I signed for Man City on Christmas Eve and played against Norwich, I think it was, on Boxing Day. Um, so yeah funny old times isn't it you know you, you never know what's going to happen you don't know what's around the corner um, and yet time, it, it was just the right time for me to leave and you know you know when your time is up I had four and a half years left on my contract and I just knew it was time you know things were changing very quickly at Anfield and I, I, I had to make a move um, and that, that's history I suppose you know Steve, we appreciate your time. Hope to see you back at Anfield soon. Great to hear from you. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks very much. This is the Five Times Podcast, the voice of the ex-Liverpool players. I'm delighted to say, joining joining us now on the Five Times Podcast, a former teammate of mine and, of course, a Champions League winner back in 2005, it's Jimmy Traore. Jimmy, how are you? Very good, very good, you know. It was a long, long season, but um, I'm fine. Tell us, tell us, Jimmy, what you're up to these days because you're over in the MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I retired like two years ago with the Seattle Sounders. I played for them, you know, for two years and enjoyed it, you know. And after that, uh, when I stopped it, I joined uh, the staff. So I did like one year as an assistant coach for the second team. And... Uh, after one year, they promoted me to the first team, like uh, as an assistant coach as well, and, uh, and uh, that's it, you know. How do you find that? How different is it to being a coach to being a player? Uh, it's a lot different, man. I drink more coffee, <laughs> and uh, I work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, to be honest with you, I enjoy I enjoy you know. Of course, in the beginning, it was not easy for me because... Uh, uh, most of the players, I play with them, so it was like it was like tough, you know, because you know, in MLS is very different, like compared to uh, Europe or the rest of the world, you know, the way you talk about uh, players, contract, everything like that. It's like every year you need some time to uh, to cut some players, so it was like a little bit difficult because you know I was like friend with some of them and when. From the day one, you know, you sit on a on a room with some players and you should talk about contract, talk about, you know, the situation. It was like a little bit tough for me in the beginning, but now I'm used to it. Am I right in thinking that the Seattle Sounders this year had a little bit of success and you were part of that, being the assistant coach? Yes, you know, for the first time, you know, we won the, the big things in, in America. We won the MLS Cup. It was like uh, something like the club uh, wished for, like for the past eight years, eight, nine years, and we did it, you know. 
was not easy. It's like a little bit of luck, you know, but uh, that's the way it is, you know, we we fight, we fight, and uh, in the end of the day, we get it, you know. How enjoyable was that for you? Because you enjoyed success. We mentioned about the 2005 Champions League final and, you know, the celebrations that came with that. But for you now as an assistant coach, winning that competition for Seattle Sounders, how, how did that feel for you? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can't compare both, you know. Like, you know, as a player, to win, like, the big trophy, like, the Champions League, it's like, it was crazy, you know, in Liverpool, you know, because it was the fifth time, you know, when you bring the cup at home and you keep the cup, it was, like, unbelievable. But uh, for the Sounders, for Seattle, for the City, yes, it was, like, a massive trophy as well because, you know, it was something, like I said before, like, something like the club and everybody wait for it. But as a, play, as a coach... I see that differently, you know, like, you know, you you sit back, you know, in front, you know, so it's like, it's not like you go and you go around with the trophy and celebrate like crazy, you know, I was like more chill, more relaxed. And uh, to be honest, it's like, I don't say I was like more happy the, when I was player, but I was like so pleased for some, from, from, uh, for the players because for most of them, it was like the first time they won some trophies. And I can see, you know, the cheers, I can see the joy on the face of the people. And when you have, like, your player come to you and they say to you, thank you to help me to get that trophy, it's like, for me, it was, like, massive, you know, it was big. That you know you did a good job, you know. Yeah, must have been a nice feeling. So so what are your plans long-term? You've obviously got into the coaching side of it as an assistant. Do you want to be the main man one day, wherever that is? To be honest, it's like when I start, you know, like, you know, I was never imagined like to be like assistant coach or on the coaching and things, you know. Uh, so it's like, uh, it was like more like in the end of my career, I was like thinking more and more about that because I was like more as a veteran player, I was like more like give advice to players, everything like that. But when I arrived in that club and that organization, Straight from the beginning, they come to me and uh, ask me a lot of questions, help, help uh, the staff, even the, say, the staff, the chairman, the players, about the way we can do better job, you know, in that club. And more and more, it's like, I like it. So, for that, when I decide to do something, it's like, when I was like, when I decide to be professional, I give like 100% everything I can, you know. So, yes, I enjoy more and more, I learn more and more. You know, and uh, that's and I try to use my knowledge from the soccer, like they say soccer, you know, it's football, but 
you know, from what I learned in Europe, in Europe especially, like I try to uh, replicate here, you know, and uh, so far everything is good. But my uh, long-term ambition, yes, maybe one day to be a head coach. But uh, I take step by step and I take my time and uh, I want to learn from from the coach here and uh, from uh, to do my badge, to do my license in Europe as well. So it's like, uh, yes, you know, I take my time. I'm still uh, young as a coach, you know, I'm only 36, you know, so... Well, well, at the moment we're talking there about Stephen Gerrard just finishing playing football and he hasn't made his mind at what he is going to turn to but how important do you think it is for Liverpool to find a job for him in whatever capacity it is because he's, he's been around the club for so many years and seen as one of the greatest ever players so we don't want to let him slip away, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for me it's like, I think it's very important for such a club like Liverpool to have like some former player, you know, I think that's that's the way, you know, if you want to uh, have to keep that philosophy, to keep, like, you know, the story of the club, I think you need to always have, like, some uh, former player, you know, some big player play for your club before. It did so much, so great things to work on, that, on your club, you know. And I think, like, Liverpool maybe is a little bit lack of that kind of people with that experience. And I think it would be nice for Liverpool to have, like, somebody like Steven Gerrard, somebody like Carragher or like Robbie Fowler, all the guys, you know, to work on the coaching. I think that's good. Even for uh, English football, I think for me, when I watch it from far away, even then far away, I think it's a little bit strange to have not that many ex-former players or international big players being coached uh, in England, you know. It's a little bit strange, you know, when you compare, uh, compare always to France, you know. In France, we have like one of the best generation. So people want the World Cup, and when you take it, maybe I would say maybe uh, ten of them they become like a big uh, head coach. You know. Well, we, we may see that it, it, as, as the years go by. I, I want to put a little smile on your face now, Jimmy. If I mention Istanbul, you know it was a, a fantastic night, wasn't it? And would that be your greatest memory of your time at Liverpool? Uh, yes, of course. You know to win that trophy and to be part. For me, it was like it's to be part of the that night and that uh, success with that club. You know, it was like fantastic. You know, but for me, it was not only like Istanbul. You know, you've been there. So it's like I think it was like all away. You know, from the beginning we start the Champions League in uh, August. That uh, you know, 2004 to uh, the end, like in uh, 2005, it was like yes, it was like a long, long journey. But we did like. So many nice things before that, that in the end of the day, I think we deserve to win that trophy, you know. It was not only in that night, especially that night, but I think it was all the way, you know. We have, like, some good moments or bad moments, but in the end, you know, we we achieve, like, what uh, we want to do, you know. Jimmy, I was in the stand in Istanbul, uh, part of the travelling party, because I wasn't involved, I was injured at the time. You were playing. Can you explain to us what happened at half-time with 3-0 down? Was Did Rafa initially substitute you? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's true, you know. I'm not, uh, not ashamed of that, you know, that he was... Uh, and to be honest, it's like today, even today, today I'm a coach and uh, the way I was like performing the first half, you need some time as a coach, you need to change you know, things, you need to change the tactic, you know. And I was not uh, playing very well, you know, for the first 45 minutes. So I understand, you know, he's like, he's a, he's a good coach, he's a great coach, you know, I have nothing against Rafa, I think he's always takes the right decision, and he was the right decision to take me out. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Pinan was like, 
injured. So it's like, he subbed me, but it was not sub, you know, in the end, you know. But I think the way What was that like? What was that like for you? Because Rafa says you're coming off and then Finnan's like, no, I'm coming off. And then you're coming back on. What was it like for you? A little bit strange? By uh, feeling, of course, I was like a bit upset, but, you know, I was always like a team player, you know, so whatever the Garfa takes the decision, the coach takes the decision, I was like always like, no, it's fine, you know, I want the best for the team. So for me, yes, I was like, take off my clothes on, on the way to uh, the shower in two seconds. No, 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 you're in. It's like, okay. And, you know, so after it's not, to be honest, it's not easy, you know, to refocus, you know. But because it's a massive game, it's a big final, you know, it's like, yes, you know. And for me, it was like, yes, he gave me like the second chance. And, uh, you know, that's, it was like, you know, that's the way I take, that's the way I took it, you know, in that time, you know. Well, huge credit to you for that because you did refocus, and of course, the second half was absolutely amazing. We went on to to win the trophy. Of course, let's let's look at Liverpool at the moment. Do you still keep an eye on on the current Liverpool team and the results that that they're achieving? Yeah, yeah, yes. I love it. You know, I love it the way they play. They score a lot of goals. You know, and uh, to have that kind of coach, I think the club. I think is good for the club because you know it's a way. Enthusiasm on the bench and the way he interacts with the player. That's kind of coach, you know, you want to play for him, you know, because I think he's very close to the player. And uh, I like, I like the style, the style of play of the team, you know, they play the good, good, uh, good football, you know. And uh, my last, my last year when I was playing uh, in France with Marseille, I played in Champions League against uh, Dortmund of uh, club. And uh, I can uh, I can tell you, you know, as a fullback, you know, as a, I think it was the first time I ran so much. It's the first time I defend so much because they like is a wave and waves they attack like crazy, you know. And uh, sometimes I think sometimes too much. That's my opinion. I think sometimes they, sometimes they can calm down the game or they can sometimes kill the game. But sometimes I think it's too much. But I like I like the way the what what you do with the club, what you do with the team. I think I like it. I think it's good for the future of Liverpool. And, and what what do you think Liverpool can achieve under Jurgen Klopp this season? The Premier League so competitive, Chelsea flying, City spent a lot of money with Guardiola. Of course, United a little bit off the pace. You know what would be success? Top four for Liverpool, or, or are we right in this title race at the moment? Top, I think top four. You know, top four, and uh, why not maybe to win the league? But it will be tough with uh, Chelsea. You know. But uh, Liverpool is a young, young team, very young player. So I think they will gain, gain experience with the uh, club. And hopefully, you know, to win one trophy this year, I think it will help the players, the continent, the club as well, and club as well, you know. Because, uh, you know, you can play good, good soccer, good football. In the end, you know, when you don't win anything, you know, so it's like, doesn't matter, you know. So it's like, I hope for him he will win his first trophy and uh, from that he will go forward, you know. Jimmy, I've loved speaking to you. When will, when will we see you back over here in Liverpool? Uh, to be honest, it's like I, tr- I will try to come back uh, uh, in January, mid-January, you know, and I hope, you know, I can meet the club and uh, meet the staff, you know, because I want to uh, 
see uh, which way they train and everything like that for my uh, coaching experience. And uh, come to see the academy as well, you know, so it's like maybe hopefully my club let me go during the first season, one week in Liverpool to uh, to come and visit you guys, to see you guys. Jimmy, you've picked a great month for playing Chelsea United and Southampton in the League Cup semi, so I hope you bring us some success. <laughs> hopefully, man, hopefully. <laughs> Jimmy, thanks for joining us and we wish you all the best over there at Seattle Sounders and we'll see you soon. Thank you very much, Neil. It was a pleasure to talk to you and uh, you do a good job, man. I follow you, man. You do a good job. Very good job yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, top man. Speak soon. The final word on the Five Times Podcast. Delighted to welcome to the Five Times Podcast, a regular, of course, little David Tomo. Tomo, you have a good Christmas? Had a lovely Christmas, Mel's, you know, nice and chilled, watched plenty of football. It's fantastic, just what you want, spent time with the kids as well. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we all enjoyed that performance against Stoke, but if you look at 2016 as a whole, how would you reflect on it? Well, I think it was a fantastic move to, to bring in Klopp. Um, that that was a great move, love that. Um, and we haven't looked back since then. I think he's been very exciting. The whole team, everyone seems to have improved, and um, you know it's, it it bodes well for 2017. I'm so excited about the, the the next few months ahead. You know, I think when we started, I thought, you know, is it a long shot that we could win the the Premier League? But I'm actually starting to believe now. I don't want to get too excited because you know, obviously the Christmas period, but. You know, there is, a, there is a team there and there's a foundation and a belief there that they potentially could go on and win the Premier League and, you know, it's, it's exciting times. Is that one of the big things? We're talking about Jurgen Klopp and when he came, it was all about hope of what he could achieve but now we're starting to believe he can do it. You just mentioned that he makes players better. There's not many coaches out there that make players better and, and he's done that with the existing players he's had, hasn't he? Well, he has, yeah. You know, you look at the team that Brendan left. I mean, we... And uh, you know there was so, there was they were all good players, but was, there were a lot of them were underachieving. And since he's come in, I think it's the confidence that he's given the players and the belief that they are good players, and he's given them the opportunity to go out and enjoy themselves. They look like they t- they play without fear. And you know I remember watching them in the derby match, um, the second half, the way everybody wanted the ball, and there was no fear in any of the players receiving the ball with men, you know, surrounded by men, two and three players. You know, very happy and comfortable to receive the ball. It was like watching Barcelona at times, you know, and Everton just ran out of legs. You know, it was a very tight game. They defended doggedly and uh, they just ran out of legs in the end because they were tired of closing down, constantly closing down. And the eight-minute injury time, they had nothing left. They were out on the legs, you know, and uh, it could have been two or three in the end. Well, you mentioned in confidence there, but also resilience, because I think in the Premier League, Liverpool are the team who've come from behind the most so far this season. And, and you know yourself, I've been experienced it. When you go behind, it's frustrating, it's deflating, but to maintain that belief and confidence, and that's something he's really instilled in this group of players, isn't it? Well, it is. It's confidence and belief, but I think you have to put it down as well to technical ability, because what they're doing now is... They, 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 a long time ago, when teams came to Anfield, they did sit tight, but we didn't keep the ball as well as we keep it now. We didn't move the ball as fast as we move it now. And I think moving the ball as well and as fast as we do, the teams are having to work a lot harder. So by the time they do come to the last you know, 20 minutes, they're absolutely knackered. I remember the, the, the times when we used to go to Old Trafford and that was the case, you know, you pack, try and pack them at midfield and try and nick a, a nil-nil or, or try and nick a goal on the counter-attack. 
But now, you know, these, these teams that come to Anfield, they're out, they're out on the legs. 15 minutes to go, you can see the, the, the physical difference. It's easier to play when you've got the ball. And Liverpool look a fit team. They look a confident team. And they look a team that's filled with belief. And that belief comes from, you know, they've, they've got that from the manager, you know. And they're, they're really confident when they step out onto the pitch. And, you know, they, they look like they'd run through brick walls for him. I would. I definitely would. I think he's a great guy. I know. I know. I think we all do. Before we, we touch on 2017 and obviously the January transfer window that opens, just another little reflection on 2016 and and some of the, the highlights of the year, you know, thinking back to some of the, the performances which stand out for you, Tomo. Uh, well, the Dortmund game, that was a great game. You know, that was a game when they were filled with belief, wasn't it? Um, you know, they, they went... I wasn't at the stadium, I watched it on TV and I just thought it was an amazing game and, uh, you know, the, it seemed like an amazing atmosphere. Um, but then going to, you know, what we're all talking about how great Jürgen is and, and, you know, what a guy is. We do love him to bits. He's a great, charismatic man and very intelligent man. You can tell he's obsessed by football because he looks like he never sleeps. You know, the bag's under his eyes. Ultimately, he is going to be judged at the end of the season on what silverware that comes in. Um, you know, although we're filled with belief now, we're coming into a Christmas period that's a very heavy period and it's renowned for, for finding, you know, teams out and managers out. And, uh, you know, he's, we're going to see now if Liverpool are the genuine article, are they the genuine title contenders? If they get through this period, um, we need Coutinho back. Obviously, we're going to lose Mane. So it's got to be a crucial period. And that's, this is a time when we're going to see how good Sigan Klopp is, how good he is bringing players in, you know, looking at the squad and seeing what games, what, what what's ahead, where we're going to be weak, you know, and, and where we need a bit of cover, where we can improve. And I think this is going to be a good test test for him. Where is that? One player, one position. What would you go for in January transfer window, Tom? Uh, well, we're obviously going to lose Mane. Um, I think we need to bring in someone who can, who can help the team bring in the goals. I think, you know, we need four strikers, um, we've got the four there now the four people who can deliver with the goals obviously we've got Lallana chucking in with the goals Milner did last year but he's not going to do it from left back this year but um, you know we need we need goals from all angles so you know with us lose a Mane I think we're going to need to bring someone in who, who can carry that weight it's going to be difficult but someone who can chip in with the goals because you know you need to alternate things Chamberlain from Arsenal he's been linked he's a, he's a decent player who doesn't quite play as often as he was like at Arsenal you impressed with him? I'm very impressed with him um, obviously you know his goals his goals ratio was not great it, that, that does need to improve but I think under someone like Jurgen Klopp that would be great but he's come out today and absolutely categorically denied that there's going to be a move for him whether that materialises or not but you can understand Chamberlain's frustrated he's not completed 90 minutes under Arsene Wenger this year and uh, you know, is that the sort of player we need, Tomo? Though that sort of player, because Mane's going away for however long, six weeks, whatever it is, for the African Cup. Is that the sort of player we need to come in? Well, he's very similar to Mane, isn't he? He's he's very similar. So, you know, maybe maybe what 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 the thinking is behind that is he's he's like for like, and he's got the pace to unlock teams and the the, the pace to put teams on the back foot, but also hit them on the counter attack when we need to. You know, he is that type of player. Um, I think it would be a good move, but I couldn't see Arsenal selling him to us to strengthen us. Do you? 
He's only got a year left on his contract, and it's that sort of time where if Arsenal aren't really saying we want you, here's a new deal, then then now's the time to sort of go and get him. But one area I wanted to ask you was the goalkeeper issue. Where are you on that? Well, I mean, I I actually don't think uh, Mignolet is as, as bad as what people make out. I think he's a good shot stopper. He could do with a little bit more confidence and come out and be a bit more commanding. Fine. Um, Carrius went in and, and he didn't fill me with with much confidence. But I definitely wouldn't go for Joe Hart. I don't think, you know, I don't think Joe's the answer. Um, I've seen Joe in, in the big games, the crucial games, you know, let goals in too many times. Don't don't get me wrong. Once he has made the mistake, I think he does his best to make up for it, and he comes out with world class saves. Potentially, Joe Joe Hart is a world class goalkeeper. I just don't think he's for, for us. You know, I think at times he lets his emotions get the better of him, and he struggles to keep control of that. And I think that's what costs him a lot of the time. Um, you know. Mm. Yeah, because because he is he he has been there. And he's he's been he's been good on his day, but I think he's had too many chances for me. In the big games, I've seen him concede too many goals and be at fault for goals. And even when he hasn't been accused of being at fault for goals, I thought he's been at fault. And. Um, you know, I thought he could have done better there, or he could have got, you know, his positioning was a bit wrong there. And it's, a lot seems to go under the radar because he is Joe Hart. I don't know, but he is probably the best out there that's available. Maybe we do need to strengthen, but I don't know. I think. He's the name that everyone seems to be talking about. He's the one standout name which who's been there, he's won it for City. Are you, ha- are you happy to stick with Carrius and Mignolet and, and still believe that we've still got a shot with the title this year? Yes, I am. I'm happy. I'm happy to stick with Mignolet. I think um, I remember 18 months ago. I think his, his form improved dramatically um, towards the back end of the season, where he was even he was. I, I think he was supporters' player of the year at one year. Um, he is potentially a very good keeper. He's a good shot stopper. I just think he needs a bit more confidence, and uh, maybe he needs a better goalkeeper pushing him and pushing him to bring out the best in him. But. Um, I think it's difficult for a goalkeeper now. You know, once you have lost your confidence and once you have been out the team, you know, you need a good run back at the team and uh, you need the people backing you. And, and I think he's a decent goalkeeper. He is a good goalkeeper. Well, he's having a decent run in the side. He has, he's been protected an awful lot. You think about the, the games that he's played in, Borough, Everton, the game the other day against Stoke. He hasn't had a great deal to do. So he's been well protected. But against City... You get the feeling with Aguero back, De Bruyne, even Sterling, who's playing well for City at the moment, he's going to be a lot busier and he's going to be called upon if we are to uh, to win this game. Yeah, well, these are the tests he needs to get his confidence back. Um, I, I actually didn't see the game against Stoke um, and I hold my hands up on that one, so I can't comment. I know that a lot of people have said he was at fault for the goal there, but um, they're the games he needs. He needs to get you know, plenty of saves, a little tip over the bar to get your confidence back. It's like as a striker, you know, when you're having a bit of a goal drought and then all of a sudden one goes in off your knee, you get about 10 after that, don't you? You know, it's 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 all about confidence and I think that's all he needs. He needs confidence and belief. And You know what, Jürgen Klopp obviously thinks he's a decent goalkeeper. You know, he's he has brought someone in to put pressure on him and he has put him back in the team when needed be. So, But I wouldn't go for Joe just yet. I know he is the best out there, but... I don't agree with it. No. Well, to finish with Tom, I'll give us a little prediction then. New Year's Eve, Liverpool v City, Anfield. What do you reckon? Well, it, well, it's obviously just... I, I can't see City scoring. 
I think we're just gonna. I think we're gonna pepper them. I think it'll be two or three nil because we're. I think we'll be dominant with them. I really believe that they'll struggle. They'll struggle with the atmosphere. I agree with you. I think that's something that a lot of these managers, when they come over here, don't they underestimate the passion and the atmosphere within the English game, the English stadiums. That you know, Guardiola coming over here. You know, has, has he experienced the Premier League fans before? You know, he's been in Spain, he's been in Germany. Different breed, different breed over here with the away fans and the support we we get inside stadiums. Listen, City used to struggle when they come to Anfield anyway with, with the old stadium, with the old main stand, but the new stand, you know, it's quite intimidating and a lot of teams have folded before they've even, you know, stepped foot onto the pitch there for, for before the final, uh, the, 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 the kickoff. You know, it's a very intimidating place now and uh, that stadium now, you have 55,000 people making noise now, it's very, very intimidating for City, they won't make it. 55,000 scouts are screaming at them now. They won't, they won't be up for that. Well, well, I hope you're right, Tomo. Thanks for coming on and uh, we wish you all the best for 2017. All right, and you, lad. This is the Five Times Podcast, hosted by Neil Mellor. My thanks on the Five Times Podcast this week, of course, to the guests, John Aldridge, David Thompson, Steve McMahon, and of course, special guest Jimmy Traore. Absolutely fantastic to listen to all of them. I hope 2016 has been an enjoyable year for you, and I wish you health and happiness for what will be hopefully a fantastic 2017 for us all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 